This is Chanel Bunger with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Patrick O'Shaughnessy. Dr. O'Shaughnessy currently serves as President and CEO at Catholic Health, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about how Catholic Health is bending the disease curve by identifying and supporting people who are food insecure. Doctor, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's wonderful to be with you today. Perfect. Well, let's just jump right in. Could you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and career? Of course. Uh, so my name's Dr. Patrick O'Shaughnessy. I'm the president and chief executive officer for Catholic Health, but I, I also have been a practicing emergency trauma physician for over 15 years. Uh, my background spans uh, a multitude of clinical environments, uh, working in inner city emergency rooms to even uh, community, uh, small community hospital emergency rooms. Uh, so I've been with the health system for 17 years, was a previous chief medical officer, then ran clinical operations for the health system. And I've been uh, very fortunate to be given the opportunity to lead the health system as its president and CEO now. And I'm in uh, just, just short of two years now in the role. Thank you. So Catholic Health and yourself have been working a lot in the preventative health space through fixing food insecurities. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I, I think it's important that, that health systems pay more particular attention to what are termed the social determinants of health. And these are items that drive overall chronic disease development and ultimately disease burden. One thing that we've seen in our communities, and, and I know that Long Island uh, is not an island by itself in this regard, is that food insecurity uh, has become a real issue, especially since the pandemic. Um, and we've realized that if we're truly going to help people stay healthy, it really starts with what you eat. And quite frankly, do you have enough nutritionally dense but perhaps not calorically dense foods available for you. And I think in most environments, what we see is, unfortunately, the poorest food choices are the ones that are the cheapest. And so, so many people did not have access to good, adequate, healthy food, including children. And as such, we know that if a household and, and people are food insecure, they're over 44% more likely to develop chronic disease. So again, while we in healthcare focus on getting the sick better or, or you know, what's termed traditional sick care, and we do that exceptionally well with state-of-the-art treatments and the latest technologies and incredible personnel, but we also are focusing on working with our communities and our community health partners on improving social determinants of health and for me and for our health system, addressing food insecurity is one of the ways in which we feel we can make a big improvement on the overall quality of life for our community members and keeping them healthier by giving them access to good, healthy food choices and then the uh, appropriate governmental programs such as the SNAP or Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Programs that are available and so many people do not know of these resources that they could subscribe to to get nutritional support. So we're very committed to this. Uh, we're a faith-based health system, uh, and we want to be able to give something back to all of our communities and work with our community partners uh, because we feel uh, we are 
uh, in a, a real, real uh, critical advantage point here where so many people access our health system, our emergency rooms. Uh, this is a key opportunity for us to really uh, get them on a path to health and wellness and, and not just focus on treating disease. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And you mentioned community partnerships. Do you have any specific examples of some of these partnerships? Absolutely. So I think it's you know imperative that every healthcare leader develop these types of relationships with community-based organizations and develop partnerships with them. Because you know some of my colleagues may be saying, Chanel, well, we're in healthcare and our, our job is to is to really treat those that are sick. And, and, and these are more community programs. Well, I, I beg to differ. And I think by working with them, uh, you're able to create this bridge. And let me give you an example of how we did this here. And it's easily replicable for others out there that are listening. We have six uh, incredible high quality hospitals that we own and operate. And so what we did is we worked with our community-based organizations. These are organizations like Catholic Charities, Long Island Cares, uh, the Health and Welfare Council of Long Island. And we built in what's called a hunger vital sign assessment into our emergency room questionnaires when people come into our emergency room. And so that we're able to actually screen for hunger because I view this as a soft vital sign. And if uh, a patient uh, individually screens in for this, we've worked with these community-based organizations in, in two fashions. One, I call it creating the Band-Aid or addressing the emergency situation. And working with our community-based partner, Long Island Cares, we actually developed and stocked now non-perishable to-go bags of food in all of our emergency rooms. And that provides nutritional support for one to two people for about three days to kind of fix the immediate crisis. But in working with other organizations like Catholic Charities and the Health and Welfare Council of Long Island, we've then worked to try to address and fix the long-term problem and to get folks who are uh, in need of nutritional support enrolled in the appropriate programs, like the previously mentioned Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, or SNAP, which gives uh, the, the uh, patient long-term assistance to be able to purchase good, healthy food choices. And so we set these programs up in 2022. We have them live in all of our hospital emergency rooms, and we've been able uh, to meet the needs of people when they come in, both acutely and then enrolling uh, in the appropriate programs uh, with working with our community-based partners. So I'm sure as folks are listening to this, they know uh, the community-based organizations in, in their geographies that I know would welcome the opportunity to partner. And I think that's what's really missing in healthcare. We need to have more of these partnerships that cross domains. They cross domains so that healthcare is not siloed. And, and I think on their end, on the community-based organization, they're looking to ways to partner with health systems so that we can perhaps keep people healthier because we know if we're able to do that, the overall expenditures of healthcare over time will go down uh, and we'll be able to actually have healthier populations, less chronic disease burden, and overall, uh, I think, have a tremendous positive impact on the communities we serve. Yes, definitely. And do you have any examples of how tackling food insecurity can help people lead healthier lives and reduce healthcare spending? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when I, I mentioned before, and I'll give you this statistic again, folks that are food insecure are over 44% 
uh, more likely to develop a chronic condition. Persistent food insecurity is associated with higher probability of diabetes, stroke, hypertension, obesity, cancer, COPD, kidney disease, and I can go on and on. Food insecurity because of driving chronic disease burden actually adds 11% to the healthcare cost of older adults. And not to mention the fact that if we want our next generation, our children to prosper and do well in school and pursue their dreams, they have to have healthy food available uh, to them. And to just give you some sense of numbers on Long Island, over 240,000 people at one point have screened in, uh, again, with uh, signs of food insecurity. And that's over, uh, when you break the numbers out, over 80,000 children. That should never be. So we have to do a better job as a society, uh, making sure that everyone has access to good, healthy food choices. And I'll give you another example. Back in 2021, we also have a wonderful agency as part of our health system called Catholic Home Care. We created a pilot that delivered nutritious meals to homebound individuals. And again, the goal and outcome measures that we were treating and, and, and driving to were reducing unnecessary emergency room and doctor's visits. As a result of this work, we saw a 90, 90% positive health outcomes uh, as a result. And there were zero uh, emergency department or hospitalizations to those that were provided food uh, that were designated as food insecure two weeks or longer at home. So, you know, again, I mentioned in the open, in over 17 years of emergency medicine practice as a clinician, I saw this time and time again, Chanel. I saw where people fell through the cracks, where they didn't even have access to care in, in the appropriate setting, or because of social determinants, they developed either acute on chronic or, or chronic issues that needed to be addressed. So these, these ways to intervene go a long way to improving the health of the population that we serve. And we're already seeing positive outcomes, some of which I just shared. Thank you. And you mentioned the SNAP program, but what are some other examples of ways that health systems can address food insecurity? Yeah, so much so much is out there. And again, it depends on your community-based organizations. And I think, you know, we need to think outside the box. So every 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 environment uh, in working with a, a community-based organization, there are governmental programs available for those that are food insecure. You have to connect the patient to the resource. And so there, those are what I call, you know, benchmarks uh, for what's out there in terms of supplemental nutritional assistance programs. And each municipality has those available to them. But then you'd be surprised. There are so many other ways in which you can creatively help solve the problem uh, for really limited to, to, to no expense. And I'll give you an example. We just launched a new collaborative partnership with an organization called Smile Farms. And we created a small cooperative garden at one of our hospital's outpatient settings that actually uh, will be able to be cared for uh, by patients who are, who are being treated in our behavioral health center. Many of these folks, they, they don't have meaningful employment. Uh, and we're able to offer them a job that gives them a sense of connection to the to work that they're doing. Uh, it's good pay. Uh, and also at the same time, actually grow the food that we donate back to the different organizations that help distribute food. 
so there's a lot of innovative ways that I think uh, different health systems could partner. Uh, but I brought that example up to just say, think outside the box. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in raw foods and, and getting plenty of healthy vegetables, fruits, lean proteins uh, available for folks. And this was one particular area where we saw a specific need in our communities because so many times uh, fresh produce of this type was just too expensive for so many people to obtain. And as such, we wanted to provide a vehicle to help grow some of the produce needed in a sustainable way. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of different ways that that health systems can connect in. And my advice would be uh, to start and connect and work with your elected officials. So many of them also are aware of the different agencies that you could partner with uh, to develop programs to help benefit uh, residents in your communities. Thank you. And where can people learn more about Catholic Health and the work you're doing with food insecurity? Absolutely. And again, uh, we're happy to share. Uh, and I think, you know, globally, uh, you know, you, every, everything to change the world starts local, right? So so we're, we're happy to share what we're doing. Uh, you can learn more about what we're doing here at Catholic Health by visiting our website, www.chsli.org. Uh, and there is information on there about our program. And then alternatively, if folks uh, have interest and they'd like to connect in with the members of my team who have built and run this program for me, I'd be more than happy to connect people in. Again, I think we have an obligation to give something back to our communities to do good. Uh, and that does not mean, uh, again, we're a health system. We're focused on, you know, treating disease and state-of-the-art care. But, you know, I think uh, for far too long, we have not looked at the impact of social determinants of health and where we can make an impact. And for us, and I think for so much of the country, food insecurity is an issue that we can all align around together to make a difference in people's lives. Perfect. Well, Dr. O'Shaughnessy, I want to thank you for all the hard work that you're doing in the preventative health space and for joining me today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you, Chanel. It was wonderful to be with you today. And thank you as well to Becker's for the great work you do.